Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. My first car had a suspension problem. And it was nothing that the aligners could take care of. It it was some kind of a systemic problem. But that thing would burn up tires every few months. I remember uh, I put three sets of tires on it, I think, in a year. Uh, it It was unreal. And those tires would fight against each other, and they would wear out because they were struggling against each other. Sometimes we're outside of the alignment of God's will for our lives, and because of that, it wears on us, and it wears on other people around us. And we, it makes a difference in our lives. And so, as God's people, we need uh, to be in line with God's will and purposes for our lives. It's so important. Uh, this scripture is given uh, for the Philippians to do just that. And uh, Paul has given them some counsel and what they should do uh, to be in line with God's will, but also to make an eternal difference by being in God's perfect will. Uh, my dad used to have a uh, plaque hanging on his wall that said, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. What's done for God and what's done for other people is what's going to last. And so we need to be in line with God's will so that we can make that eternal difference that God has called us to make. And, uh, and so that's the title of my message, Making an Eternal difference. And uh, look with me at verse 12. We'll read this scripture together. It says, therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure. Children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world, by holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. So making an eternal difference, how do we do that? Well, first of all, to make an eternal difference, you need to consider God's plan. You need to consider God's plan. Verse 12, he says, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence. In Greek, it's next is with fear and trembling. So, in other words, we're to obey God with an awesome sense of the realization that our plan, that God has for our life, is critically important. We need to consider God's plan. Now, uh, some of you have been born into the situation that is God's plan. All of us have, to some degree, have been born into the situation uh, we had for God's plan, but Joseph specifically was, wasn't he? Uh, in, uh, in order for him to fulfill God's plan for his life, he had to be born into a certain family. Some of you are like, why in the world did God put me in the family uh, that I'm in? 
Uh, well, could it be because of God's purpose for your lives? God put you in the specific family that he had you to be in. Other times, you may be called by God at a certain point in your life. Uh, and I think of Saul of Tarsus who, who met Jesus on the Damascus Road, and he said, why are you persecuting me? And uh, ultimately, Saul is called to be a missionary to the nations. And it, the whole course of his life was changed, and he aligned himself with the will of God, and he made a difference in this world, and, he, and it's continuing to go on. It's a difference Christ made through him. So we need to align ourselves with God's purpose and to be in the center of God's will. Now, if you're like Joseph, God may not give you uh, a specific uh, call to a specific purpose uh, in as far as an overarching plan for your life. You're already in it. You, you may not understand how, but God's got you in that purpose. Joseph, through those series of circumstances, was exactly in the place God had for him to be, and then is promoted by Pharaoh to fulfill God's purpose for his life. Some of you, though, will be called by God. God will give you a sense of an overarching purpose for your life, and you need to be sensitive to that. You need to have your ears open for it and to, to have a heart that is surrendered in advance. You, you realize you don't wait for God to tell you what he wants you to do to, before you decide whether or not you're going to surrender to it, right? <clears throat> God has called us. He said, we are bought with a price. We are not our own. We're called to surrender. Surrender, period, regardless of what God asks us to do. So if God has a purpose for your life, you need to just, I encourage you this morning, just pray silently right where you're sitting. Lord, whatever your purpose is for my life, help me fulfill it by your grace. That's a prayer he delights to answer. And, uh, and so in that way, you will align yourself with God's purpose for your life. I remember <clears throat> when Sherry and I, I, I felt called to preach, and I felt like I was supposed to go to school, and I was, uh, I'd been praying about that and since that, and, but I was trying to get out of the military. And uh, had not yet got my approval uh, to be separated from the military. And uh, I, was, I was going up there, I was being the squeaky hinge, and calling up there each day and, uh, and trying to find out where I was. But uh, in the meantime, the semester was fast approaching where I would have to start school. And so uh, <clears throat> finally, we, we started hunting for apartments in, in the Dallas area where I was going to be going to school. And we found this place, and, and I didn't know yet whether or not my separation was approved, but we both just felt peace. We need to go ahead and put a deposit down. We'd prayed about it. We felt like this is what God wants us to do. We put that deposit down. The next morning, I walked into the office there where I was, was stationed in the military, and they said, Pew, pack your bags. You're going to Saudi Arabia. Well, what they didn't know is that I had gotten a phone call that morning about an hour before saying that my separation papers had gone through and I had been approved to get out. And so I said, no, I'm not. And I said, I've been approved uh, to get out. And uh, they said, well, send so-and-so in here. And, uh, and so uh, God en enabled us to, se to separate from the military, and I was able to then go and begin my school. And uh, within a week, God had me serving part-time at a church. Uh, and it, all these things just fell into place. Why? 
because I was trying to align myself with his purpose. Did you know if you're aligning yourself with God's purpose for your life, he'll, be, he'll have your back. He'll walk through that circumstance with you. He'll make a way for you as you are aligning yourself with his purpose. As, as uh, Paul said elsewhere, if God be for us, who can be against us? So align yourself with the purpose of God. Consider God's plan, that, that overarching plan for your life, and be willing to surrender to whatever God may call you to do. So uh, first of all, in making an eternal difference, how do you do it? Well, first of all, you need to consider God's plan. Secondly, you need to fulfill God's purposes. Fulfill God's purposes. In verse 12, he says, work out your own salvation. Now, you realize as a Christian, you have been saved, if you know Christ. You are being saved, and you will be saved, right? It's a process. Now, listen, you receive that gift the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ. The moment you repent of your sin and you trust in Jesus, it's a done deal. Your destination is settled. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, and you are in the hands of Christ, and no one can pluck you out. But that's just the beginning of your salvation journey. God is in the process of saving us from ourselves, right? Helping us to grow and be more like Christ. So he's in that process of growing us. But he's also in the process of fulfilling the purpose for which he saved us, right? What, is, what does Ephesians tell us? It says, we are God's workmanship. We're the result of what he has done. Uh, to do the good works he has planned in advance for us to fulfill. That's right after where he says that salvation is by God's grace and it's a gift. You see, God saves us by grace, but he works out that salvation plan he has for our lives. And we need to cooperate with that. Now, how do you do that? Well, you make a decision each and every day that you're going to surrender to the purposes of God for that day in your life. God may not call you like he did Saul of Tarsus and give you some kind of overarching plan. But I tell you this, he will move in your life to get you to serve him each and every day that you live. And you need to be open to that. You need to be surrendered to that. Um, look what he says in, in the next verse. He says, um, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. You see, God's got a purpose for your life. As a matter of fact, he's got a lot of different purposes for your life. Most of us, um, we know different people. We are in different situations, and God's going to use us in a lot of different ways before we go to heaven. Listen, I, every breath that I take, I want to be used by God. I really do. Uh, and I know that, uh, that there will be opportunities, and you know, sometimes we have an opportunity maybe to pray for a brother or sister in Christ. And God moves our heart to do that. Or perhaps we have an opportunity to do something good for a neighbor in our, in our neighborhood. Or we have the opportunity uh, to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. I can't think of a better thing you could possibly do. Um, but we need to be open to let God move in our lives so that we can have these, uh, these opportunities and fulfill these purposes that God has for us. Um, 
I've shared with you uh, a story before about in, from my past. God had led me to share with this, this man about Jesus Christ, and I quenched the Spirit of God, and I refused to do it. And as far as I know, um, that man's in hell today. He went home and killed himself. He killed his girlfriend. He killed himself. And uh, I was disobedient to God. I missed that purpose of God for my life. But then there have been other times, praise God, thank you, that's not the whole story. There have been other times I have been moved by God and I have been obedient to God and God has worked in somebody's life and brought them to faith in Christ. What a wonderful thing. You don't know how, how important the purposes that God is asking you to fulfill are. Could there be a, a, an encouragement that is so desperately needed by a brother or sister in Christ? Um, my sister, she was here this past week and uh, enjoyed seeing her and her family. Uh, but a number of times she's done this. She'll call me on the phone and she'll say, Roger, I've been really burdened for you this week. Uh, I've, been, I've been praying for you. Has something been going on? You know, and I always laugh because there always is. You know, it, it, God knows. Guess what? She fulfilled God's purpose for her life in that moment. And she prayed for me. And I prayed for her. Uh, listen, uh, perhaps there's a time where you go and you take somebody to lunch just to encourage them. You, we never know. Uh, I, had a, I had a friend in, in Texas who used to do that for preachers. He would, he would take preachers to lunch all the time. And uh, just try to encourage them. He'd pray for them. And uh, uh, as far as I know, he's still doing that. I, I think he's influenced a lot of people. A lot of young men have been mentored by him and helped in the ministry. And um, what an amazing thing. But he's just obedient to God. How, how about that? God might call you to go eat. That might be a good thing to sign up for. <laughs> so uh, just be open to let God use you and recognize uh, that there may be. I, I remember one time my dad was on vacation. He was playing golf because he likes to play golf. And there was a man out there on the golf course, and he started talking to him. They got in a conversation, and he talked to him about Christ. You, you see, we just don't know what opportunity God's going to bring our way. And if we want to make a life that has an eternal difference, you know, I'm convinced some of the people that make the most difference for Christ are not preachers in a pulpit, but they're people who are just faithful to God day in and day out to do the work of God. You and I have seen this auditorium filled with people from some of those quiet people who have been members of our church that, you know, maybe we didn't realize what God was doing through their lives. And we've seen they were faithful to God. They were talking to people. They were loving on people. And, and, uh, and, and through their faithfulness, all of these people came to their funeral because they've been touched by their lives. Listen, you don't have to be a preacher to be used by God. Just be faithful. Be willing to let God use you, and God will use you. And you'll make an eternal difference. Um, so we need, if you want to make a, an eternal difference, how do you do it? Well, you consider God's plan. Secondly, you fulfill God's purposes. Thirdly, you need to reveal God's heart. Look at verse 14 and 15. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, 
children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. You want to make an eternal difference, you need to reveal God's heart. There's a lot of Christians who want to share their opinion. There are less Christians who truly love people. I want to tell you something. If you want to make an eternal difference in somebody's life, you need to do more than talk. You need to to walk with God. You need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I can't live the life God's called me to live, and neither can you without Him. We need Him. Listen, I... The longer I'm a Christian, the more I realize how desperately I need him in every facet of life. But uh, if we're to reveal his heart in our lives, he's got to be walking with us in our daily lives. Well, how do we do that? Well, number one, keep your sins confessed, right? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he restores that fellowship when we confess that sin. Also, repent of sin. That's another great, that's a necessary thing that we need to do in order to walk closely with God. And it comes back to surrender. We need to be surrendered to God. Uh, but um, that's important because if you're quenching the Spirit of God, if you're disobedient, if you're persistent in your disobedience, and you're setting your will against the things of God in other areas of your life, then the things you want God to be with you to do, you're quenching the Spirit. The Spirit is not going to be revealed through your life because He's being held at arm's length by your sin and your willfulness, if that makes sense. So we've got to keep those, those uh, sins confessed and, and, and repented of so that we can walk with God. Now, the Holy Spirit will help us with that. And even if you're not in the place you need to be um, to repent, but perhaps you don't want to repent, you can call upon the Lord and you can say, Lord, I don't want to repent. You can be honest because He knows it anyway. Be honest with him. Lord, I don't want to repent. Lord, would you please help me and, and quicken me and, and give me the desire to truly follow you wholeheartedly? I think that's a prayer God delights to answer. Uh, so if you want to reveal God's heart, another thing you need to do uh, is ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Just simply ask. I love what Luke says. Um, he says, how much more... Will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? Now, I realize, I know some of you who are theologians are saying, well, you already have the Holy Spirit if you're a Christian. And that is true. We, the Holy Spirit resides in us if we know Christ. Uh, Aidan Rogers used to say, the Holy Spirit is resident, but is He president? Uh, so there's a difference between just having the Spirit of God in your life and then having the Spirit of God being control in your life. And so uh, the, being filled with the Holy Spirit is walking under the control and leadership of the Holy Spirit. Um, but you can also just ask God. As you deal with that sin, you can ask God, Lord, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And we're commanded, elsewhere in Scripture, we're commanded, be ye filled with the Spirit. We're, we're commanded to do that. And so... Um, Ask God. Then believe God for it. Trust Him for it. Trust Him to do what He said He would do. You say, well, how will I know that I'm filled with the Spirit? Will I have goosebumps? I don't know. Perhaps. Maybe not. Um, will, will I have some, some uh, great experience? I don't know. But that's not what you base it on. You base it upon God's Word. 
God has said, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? God's made a promise. So you take him up on that promise. You ask him for the filling of the Holy Spirit and trust him to do what he said he will do. And just count on it. Count on it. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit because God has said so in my life. And so um, <clears throat> as you do that, and you, more and more you will learn, as you do that over and over again in your life, you'll learn more and more how to walk closely with the Holy Spirit. Now, you've probably known some people. I know I have. You can just see Jesus on their face. Okay? Uh, why is that? Because they're walking in the Spirit. There's a, there's a joy. There's, a, there's, there's just the mark of God. I don't know how, exactly how to describe it. Uh, but uh, uh, Marilyn was telling me, she, I think it was somebody at the hospital she had seen. And she said, she went up to this person and she said, are you a Christian? And he said, yes, I am. He smiled. He said, yes, I am. She said, I could tell. <laughs> and uh, uh, that's the case. I think when we're filled with the Spirit of God, there's something that sets us apart. The character of Christ is being lived through our lives in such a way that we look like Jesus. We're set apart for his purpose because his presence is upon us. And uh, listen, I'm convinced that what people need <clears throat> is not some philosophy or uh, some uh, program that we could come up with. People need an encounter with the living God. And how will they have that encounter? They'll have it through you and me. And as you and I love people the way Jesus loves them, as you and I are patient with people the way Jesus is patient with them, uh, and, and we have that character of Christ upon our lives, they're going to be drawn to understand what is different about this person. They may even ask you. I've heard, I've heard of that a couple Now, don't wait for them to ask you. You tell them about Jesus, okay? Uh, uh, listen, nobody gets saved just by somebody's life. We need to understand that, right? If you live your life before them, but you don't tell them the message, they're not going to go to heaven because they need to hear the message. But, um, but the life is so important. So reveal Jesus' character through your life and uh, let him live his life through you. Now, you won't do it perfectly. I still don't do it perfectly. We won't be perfect till Jesus comes. But praise God, uh, his mercies are new every morning. And uh, he is willing to pick up with us where we left off each time we, br we bring those uh, confessions to him in prayer. Uh, so... Um, Making an eternal difference, how do you do it? Well, to make an eternal difference, consider God's plan, fulfill God's purposes, reveal God's heart, and finally, hold on to God's word. Hold on to God's word. Look at verse 16. By holding firmly to the word of life. You say, well, is he talking about Jesus? Jesus is the word of life. Yes, Jesus is the word of life. But I think he's talking here about the written word of life. Look at what Paul says after that, verse 16. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. What is Paul saying? I think he's saying the word of God is so critical that if we throw it out, we become vain in our attempts to make a difference in the culture. We become vain in our attempts to 
live the Christian life. Um, listen, I think one of the reasons the church doesn't have power is we've abandoned the Word of God. People are talking about pop psychology and they're trying to five ways to feel better about yourself or five ways to get rich or whatever the case may be. And we have thrown out the Word of God to try to say what people want to hear. And it's tragic. People will not change because of what I think or what you think. They'll change because they're confronted by the Word of God. Um, I re- I'll never forget the, the night I was... Um, we, we had this thing after church. I was, I was 10 years old. I had this thing after church. And there was an evangelist on a screen. I, don't, I think that's the only time I remember our church ever doing that on a screen. But for some reason, maybe, maybe for me, okay, <laughs> the pastor had decided to do that. And, um, and I remember, I still remember the text. Now, if you don't, don't worry about that, okay. But, but I still remember the text. It was so vivid. Unless you repent you shall all likewise perish. I want to tell you something. The Word of God pierced my heart that day. And I realized I did not repent of my sin. I did not belong to Jesus Christ, and I needed to do, to do something about it. And uh, for about a year, I struggled and then ultimately surrendered to Christ, and He changed my life. But the Word of God is where it started. Listen, there's power in the Word of God. Paul said this, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, first for the Jew, also for the Gentile. The gospel is a power in and of itself. We need to hold on to the word of God. Listen, uh, there are people uh, in our culture that are saying things that go against the word of God. Sometimes it's in moral issues. Sometimes it's in how you raise your family or how you do marriage. Or it can be a host of different issues. But what I'm convinced of, we need to cling to the truth of God's Word. Listen, people's opinions are just that. They change. Sometimes we're wrong. Uh, listen, I, you live long enough, you recognize how wrong you are, right? Uh, and uh, it. Why would we put our trust in fallible human beings when we can hear the word of the living God and base our lives upon it? Hold to it. Cling to it. Moses, as he was giving the law to Israel, he said, These are not idle words for you. They are your life. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God's word is your life? We receive eternal life from God, but we do so through the agency of his word. And we, we also receive, what did Jesus say? I've come that they might have life, and they might have it abundantly. How do we get that abundant life? Through the guidance of God's word. It's everything to us. It's our sword of the spirit. It's our defense. It's our hope. The Word of God. Hold to it. Hold fast to it. And you'll make an internal difference. I I believe that with all my heart. You build your life on God's Word, you're going to make a difference whether whether you realize it or not. 
I, I will never forget my fifth grade Sunday school teacher. I, I don't know what she taught. I, I think I remember a lesson on citizenship because I never, never heard that one before. But I, I can't remember a whole lot of what she said. But I'll tell you what I do remember. I remember her kindness. We were horrible. If my dad had known what I did in that class, he'd have busted my tail. We were, we were terrible. I don't know how she put up with us. I think I would have resigned as a Sunday school teacher if I was her. But every Sunday she came, and she was prepared. Every Sunday she gave us a lesson. Every Sunday she was kind, and she asked us about what was going on in our lives and so forth. Despite how bad we were, she was a godly woman. That's the kind of person I want to be. <laughs> and... You see, as God's people, we need to be faithful to hold on to his truth and faithful to live out our lives in his strength and power. And we can make a difference. I don't know that she knew she made a difference. I, I was at a conference a, a number of years ago, and a pastor there shared about his childhood church, and he showed us a picture, and there was a little country frame church there was about maybe 25 people in the front of that church and they'd had a church picture taken and he said uh, a couple of weeks after this the pastor got fired from this church he said he he probably left feeling like a failure he said but let me tell you what God did through that time that we spent there and he pointed to one little girl and then to one little boy and then to another little girl and another little boy. Well, this one's in missions, and he told us the country. This one's a serving as a pastor. And he, he, he was going through, and, and this one's a deacon. And, 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 and you know, it, it was amazing what God had done. Sometimes we don't know what God's doing, do we? But God does. Our responsibility is not to figure it out. Our responsibility is to be obedient, right? And as we're obedient to God, He will fulfill His purposes through our lives. Making an eternal difference, how do you do it? Well, to make an eternal difference, you need to consider God's plan, fulfill God's purposes, reveal God's heart, and hold on to God's Word. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, help us to be the people of God that you want us to be. Help us follow that overarching plan for our lives, God, if, if you put the call uh, upon our lives. Help us fulfill those daily purposes that you have for our lives. God, help us hold fast to your word. Help us reveal the character of Christ, Lord, by walking and living in the Spirit-filled life. Father, use us to make an eternal difference for you. And Father, if there's someone here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day they would come to know him. Lord, let them today repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus for the gift of eternal life. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord this morning.